the Bible does teach that there is, that this life isn't it. There's life after death. I want you to understand that the human soul is not disposable. Human beings face an eternal destination. The Bible teaches that after this life, there is either indescribable joy or unspeakable loss. There is heaven or there is hell. And for some in our society, the only time they hear any reference about hell is with some cartoon uh, script or joke or some kind of cartoon character you see. And that happens all the time in our society. You see these cartoons and there's one that will pop up here on, on the screen just showing. Uh, I think they're going to pop it up on the screen. There's, you know, you see these little devils and, uh, you know, having a party in, in, in heaven or in hell. And, and there's another little cute cartoon you'll see here that, you know, it says, this is hell right here. And it says three more, two more, one more. Okay. Five million leg lifts. Right, left, first, ready, set. There are going to be some calisthenics in hell. And you see these little cute cartoons. And you know what happens is a lot of people think that hell is just a, just kind of a joke. It's not really that big of a deal. And that, that's kind of some people's thought about, about hell. And, and then second of all, there's another kind of thought about hell. And that's the manipulation. And some of you have been manipulated with this whole subject of hell. You grew up in the youth camp where hell was a, was a three-syllable word. Hey, And that's where you're going. Right now, teenager, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, are you ready? And you've been manipulated. And you have all these emotions that come to your heart and mind when you hear the subject of hell. And I just want you to know I'm aware of that. I'm aware of, of both extremes on this issue of hell. And I'm very sensitive to that today. Matter of fact, as I was preparing this week, this is not something that I just go, wow, I'm just so excited to go teach on hell. And it's not like I get some great joy or some great thrill to teach on this subject. And I know for some of you, this is not a subject that you're just totally excited to, to hear about today. And yet, there are some churches that would avoid this subject altogether. But yet, I want to teach you the truth of what the Bible says about this subject of hell. And no matter where you are on your spiritual journey, you have had questions about the afterlife. And I want you to understand something. I don't know everything about the afterlife. I, I, I admit that right here publicly. I, I don't know everything about heaven and hell. And I, I believe when it comes to certain subjects that we need to approach them with great humility. I believe all of us, when it comes to certain subjects, and especially the afterlife, we need to approach these subjects with an attitude to learn. And so I hope and I pray that some of your preconceived ideas, and you think you know it all, and you understand eschatology and heaven and hell, but you lay it aside and say, I have an attitude to learn today. I want to grow today. I want to become a better follower of Christ and understand the, the issue of the afterlife. And the way that I want to approach this message today is I want to approach it from an outsider. I tried to think today if I was an outsider, if I, if I didn't attend church, if I wasn't a believer, if I didn't, if I, if I didn't know if I bought into this whole God thing, what was some, what would be some questions I would have about hell? What would be some questions that I, I would want to ask about the afterlife? And I don't have time to dive into a whole lot of questions, but, but I just thought if I was an outsider trying to come from that perspective, what would be some things that I would want to know I would be interested in about hell? And so here's three questions that I want to ask and address today. Number one is this. Does a loving God send people to hell? 
Does a loving God send people to hell? And I want to answer this question by beginning with what John Ortberg calls the Aunt Edna objection. And you say, what about Aunt Edna? Most of us in this place, we, we know somebody like Aunt Edna. She's a little old sweet lady. She makes cookies for everybody. She's nice to everybody. She, she's even nice to, to cats and little stray dogs and stray cats. She's just nice to everybody. She wouldn't hurt anybody. And yet Aunt Edna, she, she's just not into the God thing. <laughs> She's sweet, she, she's nice, she's respectable, she's lovable, but she's not into the church thing. She, she's not into this whole, whole, whole knowing God. She, she, I mean, that's just not on her radar screen. And somebody would say, I mean, Herbert, you're telling me that this nice little sweet old lady who's never hurt anybody, who is just lovable, who bake, cook, bakes cookies for everybody, she's just, you're telling me that a loving God would send a person, that sweet little Ed, and that they would, God would send her to hell? Are you telling me that? You see, Herbert, I'm here, and I and I, I believe in a God today, Herbert, and, and I, I believe in a loving God. And the God that I believe in, I don't believe that a loving God would send somebody like Aunt Edna to hell. Are you telling me that, Herbert? And, and here, here's the deal, here's the deal, here's the deal. Oftentimes, we don't see the other side of the story. And I want to share with you the next few moments the other side of the story. You see, when Aunt Edna was, was growing up, she, she went to vacation Bible school a couple of times as a little kid, and, and God tried to speak to Aunt Edna, and, and Aunt Edna said, nah, you know, really, I don't really want that whole God thing, and I, I just want to hang out and drink the punch and have a little fun, but I'm not, I don't know about the serving God thing, and, and as Aunt Edna was growing up as a kid in junior high and high school, she, she went to church some, she, you know, she went on Christmas, and, she went on Easter, she went on a special occasions, and, and God would try to whisper to Aunt Edna. And there would be a voice in her heart for her to give her life to Christ. And Aunt Edna said, no, nah, you know, I don't, <laughs> I'm not really into that God thing. You know, I was going to live a good life, and I don't really, I don't really want to want to do that whole God thing. And, and Aunt Edna, as she, was, as she was growing up and living life, she would look at the ocean. She would look at the beauty of the mountains. She would see the changing of the seasons and, and from, from, from spring to, to fall and she would see the leaves change colors and the leaves fall off the trees and, and God would try to speak to Aunt Edna through creation and he would try to whisper to her, I made this. I, I made you. And, and he would try to speak to her through creation. And Aunt Edna said, nah, you know, I just, I'm not into this God thing. No, 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 thank you. I, I don't really want this whole God thing. And, and at Edna, as she, as she grew older, she would go to her friends' funerals and she would realize her own mortality. She would realize that life is going to end for me one day. And God would try to speak to her in those funerals as she would sit there and, and look at her friends, her, the, the funeral service. God would try to speak to Aunt Edna and, and whisper to her heart. And Aunt Edna said, no, nah, I mean, I don't, I don't really want to do this whole God thing. You know, I know I'm going to die, but no, no, thank you. I'm just, I'm not ready to serve, serve God. And Aunt Edna, even though she's sweet and even though she's lovable and even though she makes those nice cookies and she's nice to everybody, Aunt Edna wasn't perfect. Just like we're not perfect. You're not perfect, I'm not perfect. And Edna had her mistakes. And Edna messed up. And Edna, and Edna had her faults. And God would convict her because of the sin that was in her life. 
And he would say, listen, listen, Edna, I can forgive you. I can, I can wash away your sins. I, I can change your life. And Edna that, said, no, you know, I'm just, I don't, I don't want to really want to do this whole God thing. I mean, I, I don't want to serve God. No, no, no thank you. And Aunt Edna, here's what you have to understand. Please don't miss this. Aunt Edna, just like every other human being who lives on this planet, she said no to God thousands of times. She said no to the voice of the Holy Spirit thousands of times. She closed and locked the door to her heart to God over and over and over again. You see, all Aunt Edna ever wanted was to be left alone by God. And you know what? That's what she got. That's what hell is. It's to be left alone by God. A loving God did not send Aunt Edna to hell. And Edna sent herself. She, she chose, she, she said no to God over and over and over and over. And do you know what God simply does? God just gives people exactly what they want life without him the scripture says it this way i want you to really really catch this in romans chapter one i, I really want you to understand the the heart of god a loving god just doesn't look at Aunt Edna and send her to hell no no god just turns people over to what they want and, and we choose Hell, we choose heaven. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1 and verse number 21, it says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified or that would be worshipped him as God, nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images to, 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 images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Notice verse 24. I want you to catch this. Therefore, God gave them over. You're worshiping idols. You're worshiping created things. And the scripture says, listen, God just gave them over, over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Notice this verse 26. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful Lust. He gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with one another, with, 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 with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, notice this, notice this, you see this theme over and over and over, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. Did you notice that? Did you notice how the Bible emphasizes that God gave them over. In other words, if you really want to live outside my will, if you want, really want to live outside my knowledge, if you want to live outside my presence, I'll let you. It's what you and I call and the Bible calls and what we call free will. We were all created with a free will. God doesn't send people to hell. People send themselves. We have choices to make. 
And either we say yes to a loving God or we say no to a loving God. And I think C.S. Lewis says it best. He says the doors of hell are locked from the inside. God doesn't send people to hell. People send themselves. There's a second question. If I was an outsider, if I I didn't know about this whole God thing, if I wasn't a believer, another question that I would have about this place called hell is, what is hell like? What is hell like? And and I want to to answer this question by beginning with heaven. Let's begin with, with heaven. What makes heaven heaven? Once again, let me just clue you in on something about me. I don't know everything about heaven. That I have uncertainties about certain things about heaven. I, I, I don't have clarity on everything about heaven. But what makes heaven, heaven? The Bible says we're going to be, we're going to have transformed bodies. He said, Herbert, what is that going to be like? I don't understand everything about whole transformed bodies. I know we're going to have a transformed body. I mean, will we be like Superman and be able to fly around? We'll be like Aquaman and be able to get in the water and just be in there for days and days. I mean, I, I don't understand everything about heaven. The, the, the Bible says that we're going to walk on streets of gold. And I heard you say, Herbert, are there really streets of gold in heaven? I, I, I really don't know. Is that just a metaphor to, for God trying to describe with our little finite small minds? He's trying to give us a glimpse and trying to describe for us a place that we can't even comprehend to let us know how awesome this place is. I mean, the Bible talks about there's mansions in heaven. You say, Herbert, are we going to all have a mansion in heaven? I, I, I don't know. I have, I have questions about heaven. Are we going to have a mansion in, in heaven? And if we do have a mansion, I mean, if we do have a mansion, are there going to be bathrooms in them? I, I don't know. And if there are bathrooms, will we have to go number one and number two? So some of you don't know what number two is, do you? That's okay. Huh? I, 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 I don't know everything about heaven. And, and if we do have to go to the bathroom in heaven and we have to do number one and number two, does number two stink in heaven? I mean, it's heaven. That, that was a little much for some of you. Wasn't it? I, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, I, it's heaven. Surely it won't stink in heaven. I, I, I don't understand everything about heaven. But, but hear me, hear me. What makes heaven heaven? What makes heaven heaven? The Bible says this in Revelation chapter 21. Verse 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men. And he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Please hear me, church. What makes heaven heaven is we will be with God forever. We will have an intimate relationship with God for all of eternity. We will spend forever in God's presence. That's heaven. 
Did you notice that it says now the dwelling of God is with man. He will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them. God himself will wipe the tears from our eyes. We will be with Jesus. Please hear me today. Streets of gold don't make it heaven. There are some rich folks today that can have streets of gold in their house, but that don't make it heaven. Can I tell you today, having a mansion don't make it heaven. There are folks who live in mansions, got two or three. That don't make it heaven. What makes it heaven is we're going to see Jesus face to face. That's heaven is being in the presence of God forever and ever. That is heaven. Give me a mansion in the streets of gold and no more crime, but no, there, there, there's not Jesus. That ain't heaven. That's just a good place. It's better than here, but it ain't heaven. Jesus got to be there. You say, well, pastor, what's, what's hell? What's hell? Being away from God forever is what the Bible calls hell. Church, hell is life without God. Hell is separation from the presence of God forever. The Bible says it like this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7 through 9. And so I would say to you who are suffering, God will give you rest along with, with us when the Lord Jesus appears suddenly from heaven in, fl- in flaming fire with his mighty angels, bringing judgment on those who do not wish, please catch that, who do not wish to know God. There are some people, nice people, who don't wish to know God, who, who say no to God. Over and over and over. And the Bible says, and refuse to accept. that They just refuse. Not, not that they're all mean or hateful. or they just, they just refuse to accept his plan to save them through our Lord Jesus Christ. They will be punished in everlasting hell. Check this out. Forever separated from the Lord. Never to see the glory of his power. Friends, hell is being forever separated from God. And friends, I submit to you today that we can't imagine, we can't fathom life without the presence of God. Did you realize right now the presence of God is everywhere? The psalmist said it like this in Psalms chapter 139, verse 7 through 8, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. You see, right now, the life that we're living, the presence of God is everywhere. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. We see pockets of darkness all around us. We see darkness. There's pockets. We see hunger. We see violence. We see poverty. We see disease in our earth today. And yet, even though there's poverty and disease and violence, the presence of God is still on the earth today. Question, what would life be like without God's presence? I, I don't know that I could describe a place like that. Will there be flames and fire? I don't know, but you take a God, God's way, way God's presence. It's not real nice. You say, Herbert, are there pitchforks? And I don't know. But I'm going to tell you, it can't be a nice place when you take away God's presence. I mean, just think about who God is. God, God is light. What's the opposite of light? Darkness. God is love. 
What's the opposite of love? Hate. Can you imagine a place just full of hate? God is peace. The opposite would be conflict, turmoil, pain, suffering. You, you listen, church, you remove God and take away all that he is, and you're left with a place called hell. It's simply being separated from the presence of almighty God forever. The last question that I want to address today, if I was an outsider, if I wasn't a believer, if I wasn't sure about this whole God thing, here's the third question that I would have. Does God want people to go to hell? Does God want people to go to hell? And church, no one on earth wants people to spend eternity in heaven with God more than God. God does not want anybody to go to hell. Please hear me. Some of you, you, you've been painted with the wrong view of God. God is not some psychotic tyrant that gets a kick out of people going to hell. He, he's not looking for a technicality to send someone to hell. I mean, some of you have been painted with this picture of God like this. You messed up? You get hell. <laughs> That's not God. Uh, it might be your father-in-law, but it ain't God. I mean, we get this whole picture. I'm telling you, if you mess up, I'm looking. I'm looking. Hell. Hey, Allah. We're looking. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. Who's going to go to hell? I'm looking. I'm watching your life close. I can't wait to send you to hell. That's not God. People paint this picture like God's out to get people. God. No, he's not. That's not the God in the Bible. God loves people. God doesn't want anybody to spend forever away from his presence. Listen to what the scripture says. John chapter 3 and verse 16 through 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his, only, his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God, please check this out. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. God's not looking for a technicality to send people to hell. God didn't send Jesus in the world to condemn the world. God didn't send Jesus in the world so he can laugh and go, ha, 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 you didn't make it. No. That's not God's heart. I, I can't believe we preached him that way. That's not God. He didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Timothy says in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4, For he longs for all to be saved and to understand his truth. I like that in the Living Bible. He longs. God is longing. He has a deep yearning, a deep desire to see all people saved. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 9 says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you. The only reason Jesus has not come back to take the church away is because God is patient. Why is he patient? He's not wanting anyone to perish. Listen, let me tell you our Father's heart. Let me tell you God's heart, but everyone to come to repentance. 
If you heard and somebody preached, oh, God is mad and he's mean, he can't wait to kick you down to hell, that you, you, you've been preached too wrong. Because the God of the Bible, the Jesus who died on the cross, wants everyone to come to repentance. And I want you to hear me today. God is doing everything he can to reach people. That's why he sent his son, Jesus. Because he loves humanity. That's why he died on the cross of Calvary. God's doing everything he can. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. Who's convicting the world of sin. Who's trying to draw people to Jesus Christ. God is doing everything he can. That's why he created and sent the church of Jesus Christ. And we gather together and we're light and we're salt. And thank God that when we get saved, he doesn't yank us up out of here and we go to heaven. And say, no, no, he wants people. To, so he, he put his church here. Because God wants people to be, God's doing everything he can. And so God sent Christian music and radio stations. He sent all, uh, he sent, he sent his word, the Bible. And I mean, you can turn on the TV and watch the preacher. Now some of them, thank you, Jesus. But anyways, but that, that's a whole nother message. That's a whole nother, but, but the gospel's getting preached. God's doing everything he can. Church, have you ever heard someone say this before? You will do that over my dead body. Come on, some of your mom and dad, you grew up over my dead body. Well, they didn't really mean that, but Jesus did. Jesus said, if you go to hell, it's over my dead body. Because that's the price I'm willing to pay for you. I'll give my life over my dead body. I'll give my body, my life for you. And I died for you and I rose again. That you wouldn't have to go to a place separated from me for all of eternity. Please hear me today. Please hear me. You're in this place and you may be at Edna and you're sweet and you're nice. And, and God's doing everything he can. That you wouldn't spend forever separated from his presence. And here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to know. If you go to hell. If you go to hell. You'll have to walk around the cross to get there. Because the cross is in your way. The blood is in your way. The Holy Spirit who's convicting you all the time is in your way. God's creation is in your way. He said, I made all this. He, he said, listen, if you go to hell, you'll have to walk all the way around the cross to get there. Because God is doing everything he can that not one would spend eternity away from his presence. That's the God that we're serving. Let's pray. Father, thank you.